What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's almost a playoffs edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. Uh, it is I am here. You know me as Hootran. I you can find me on the Twitterverse at Hootran Superman. That's H U U T R A N Superman. Um, uh, we are here as always. This go this is forty nine. Yo, we are we are speed, we are speeding through it because um, uh, we don't have the dragon squash here. Today. You know, the squash is the dragons. He's got a life. He's busy. Uh, probably prepping for his wedding or something. I don't know. Um, uh, but. Um, we are here to talk about jazz. So uh, to make sure we had enough um, lewdness and profanity and just everything um, uh, inappropriate, we had to invite two guys on to, to, to cover the load. Uh, first off, you know him as yeah, the um, cover uh, the load for Logan. Yep, yeah. Josh, um, uh, Joshua, JS, Jazz Fan seventy eight. What's up, Josh? How much? How are you guys doing tonight? I'm, I'm gonna go Joshua. I, I like Joshua if you don't mind Joshua there, um, and, and the uh, man. The man with the voice, he he gets it because he is that gets it. Uh, what's up, gets it? Uh, in the spirit of our sports broadcasting venture, crossed with it being the first day of the Masters, I would be remiss if I did not greet you all with the salutation of "Hello, friends." Hello, oh. friends. <laughs> there you go. Um, Good uh, job. Strong work. We we have some special guests on tonight. You know, we're we're probably going to actually as Tiger Woods. Not not here. <laughs> the tiger. The tiger is strong. Um, how did he do today? He was one under, I think. So, um, so I checked. we are, um, uh, we're probably, you know, the, the jazz players are coming up. It's, it's, I guess an exciting time for some people. Uh, we're probably going to be doing more pods. So yeah, I mean, we, we, we had this whole thread tonight about having guests on. And so we have a lot to talk about. So we're going to get to that and we're going to speed through it because our guests do have time limits. They can't sit around to 2 a.m. like the degenerates of, uh, like Dragon Squatch and Go This Is and I do uh, on a regular basis. But that will be good. It'll be a quick, nice, faster episode, faster pace episode at least. Um, so let's bring it up. We're, we're recording this Thursday night. Almost, it's almost midnight here in, in the Utah time. Um, Almost Friday, the Jazz are about to face the Phoenix Suns in the second-to-last game, the last home game of the regular season home game. Um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. In, in a, in a, Most important game of the year, right? You know, it was, it was supposed to be it was leading that way, but this is also a possibility, right? Like, the teams were going to be uh, pretty much locked up. The Suns are locked up. The Jazz are very close to being locked up um, uh, to where they are. Um, a lot of people... Worried, uh, or didn't you talk about it? yeah, and it's, it's one of the things that we talk about seeding usually around this time of year. Um, and uh, you know, we've talked about this on Twitter and we've talked about it on the pod before. Um, I'm personally at the point where seeding them uh, doesn't really really matter that much, especially this year. I mean, the Jazz are going to be fifth seed, like, there's like a 92% chance or whatever. Something I'm um, uh, 538 has out there that Jazz is going to be the fifth seed. Um, and it's one of the things that. The- we're we're no longer in play for the sixth seed, right? It's only four. It's four or five. Uh, Denver Denver won tonight. So I believe the sixth seed dream is still alive for those who want for those who want the sixth uh-huh. seed. Right. And so if we lose tomorrow and win, I think okay. I think the Jazz would have to lose the next two games. They would have to somehow uh, out tank the uh, uh, the the Blazers. Basically, how um, do you lose against these Blazers right now? That's not possible. 
Uh, you played Trent Forest with. Oh, the... that's right. So we got Suns Blazers. A lot of yeah. teams only have one game left, right? Yeah, you you play um uh, you you play Trent Forest with a broken foot and, and concussion and see how that works out. Uh, you literally have to call up every member of the Stars and send them on a plane to Portland on Sunday and say you're all playing forty minutes. You have to you have to call you have to call up the Salt Lake City Bruins. Salt, Salt, sorry, the Slick, the Salt Lake Community College Bruins, and see if that they they can hey, um, dude, uh, lose to the. Don't disrespect. Those the NCAA champions semifinal. They, uh, they they were almost champions. They lost in the championship game. Oh. Hey, two thousand nine. We're still okay, champions. Two thousand nine. But um, <laughs> hey, the Jazz got bounced in the first round in five games in two thousand nine. I mean, we, we saw the Jazz. We saw the Jazz. My rest. community college, my alma mater, <laughs> with champs. Glendale. I think with the Glendale. Um, I mean, the Jazz literally played a Thunder who are not just playing. They're, they're playing like. Second string G leaders, right? So, um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to out tank. So anyway, like, so yeah, we are talking because I I understand. I do get that the path of you know the facing whoever's in the third seed, and then Memphis in the next round is is probably the the, the path of least resistance. However, you know, you know, this is I try to be rational on this podcast. I try to. Um, uh, you know, not be too far up, not too far down. I, I'm, I'm not doing very well at, you know, not being too far low. Um, I, I have no problem not being too high. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a personal problem in my, in, on this podcast and my personal life. But speaking of being for a podcast named Hitting the High Notes, we love right. to go low. But um, uh, um, the, the, the problem is like the way this Jazz team has played has not really inspired me <laughs> as a fan to believe rationally that they're going to. Do anything in the playoffs, so I've. That's why months didn't inspire you. Who? Well, yeah. Yeah, I. didn't inspire. Was you? it the fourth quarter meltdown in Orlando, or was it the fourth quarter meltdown on Black Friday, or was it uh, the January where we lost like seven games against sub five hundred teams? The the or January was I was fine. The Pistons. Jared Jared, Jared will uh, tell you. All Star game meltdown in LA against the Lakers where we had it in the bag, or was it? different various jazz players were sniping at media members on Twitter or sorry this is not my podcast no J- J- Jared I'm a, you tell it's you fine. T- tell fine. The, air it out J- Jared air it out you know when when did when did my spirit die your spirit when did your spirit die oh man you were really trying to keep it alive you, in, you uh, know this one February when did Lindsay pass um, you were man. You 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 totally um you like totally revitalized it in the month of March, and then like it was it was the day that <laughs> Jordan like, Clarkson. It was like it was the day that the Jazz cannot trade Jordan Clarkson, and I was like, oh well, then here we oh, are. Oh yeah, 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 no yep. trade deadline. Yeah, trade, trade deadline, deadline really was the really but no, the trade deadline I, gutted you. I have um you, you uh, tried to revamp it after that, but but I think that was yes. all false, false. I have um uh, I have embraced the irrational now because like here's the thing like. We, we've seen teams get hot at the right time, and we, we, we've seen things just kind of like fall the right way. Um, so it doesn't matter to me if the Jazz face the Suns in the Western Conference Finals or the second round. No, because for the for this Jazz team to win, I think it's going to take you know a, a lot of like you know momentum uh, and things just falling the right way. Like I, I get the idea that oh maybe if the Suns lose before the the, the Jazz even meet them or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, right? Because for this Jazz team to really exercise all the demons, they have to face those tests. They have to face those trials and tribulations. Um, like last year, like when Kawhi went down and then Chris Paul got COVID in the playoffs, like everyone's like, oh, it's setting the table. But like, 
it's not the way you want to win because if you, even if you do win somehow miraculously, even if you fight through all that, it's a good win, but you don't want to leave all those questions. This Jazz team has so many questions right now that I'm like, you know, just face all the good teams, beat them, because if, if you do, then great. Then you could feel like that championship, um, um, you can feel like, all right, cool, you didn't luck into it, I guess, if you want, if you want to say, say it that way. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah, um, right. I, you know, I see, I see on Twitter, all oh, we need to drop to the sixth seed. Jazz need to tank to get the sixth seed. I'm like, this team needs to win. Like, this team doesn't know what it's like to win right now. Seriously. Like, and they need, they need a lot more wins like that Memphis game uh, uh, under their belt, man. You need as many close wins as you can squeak out of this team because they don't know how to win close games. They oh, don't. Dragon Squash loves I mean, this part of the really right now. They really tried very hard to lose that Memphis game. Like, they tried right. so hard. I, I want I want all of Phoenix's players to play tomorrow. I want you know all the Jazz players to play tomorrow. I I want you know if I'm looking at this team going to the playoffs, I want them to play the actual Phoenix Suns and actually go out and win the game. We need to, to engage them. in some real life simulations, like Black Mirror. Agreed. Yeah, we can't. You can't just sim wins like in 2K, man. Oh, I, this I, isn't this isn't a video game. We can't try to we're... sim a win. Sims, some of the I wish we could have simmed March 14th through now. <laughs> that would have been delightful. I think Anyways. I'm. Uh, yeah, I need to. I thought we were going Black Mirror here. Um, Dragon Squash loves the um, uh, you know the the learning twin in the in the last seconds. Um, he's glad the Jazz were able to get a bunch of those in. Um, so um, uh, yeah, Gitz is here. Josh is here. We're talking about scenes, but let, let me actually get to something. Like the re- original reason I asked Gitz to come on um, earlier in the week is because we're talking about you know. Yeah, why we, the hell did you ask me to come on? Because uh, number one, more you have so much anger, and um, do I? I'm an angry person. Yeah, you know, well, when, when it comes to the jazz, jazz, yeah. Who, okay, who has who has no feelings at all? Like he's just. Oh, I'm dead inside. I'm I'm I, I like I'm uh, I'm, I'm so. My soul was turned black in 2011 for various reasons <laughs> relating. To and beyond basketball. Yeah, like um, uh, but um, it, it's funny to me because like I, I do remember being, you know, I mean, 20, 2011 is probably the same around time. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be, like, they're 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 the Jazz are going to honor Carlos Boozer tomorrow, and I'm like, oh yeah, I was a fan of that team, you know, like I, I was oh, angry at that team, so. <laughs> Booze. Are you guys? Are you saying boo? Or are you saying boozer? Um, but uh, so. With this, um, uh, so part nice of it, things, but yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the playoffs here in just a second. But assuming that we all think that the Jazz are going to, you know, kind of flame out early here, um, why are because I was on team blow it up ish at the beginning of the year, I have now not no longer on team blow it up ish. Um, but give us your, your take on Jazz fans who are like, okay, there are gonna be some big changes this offseason, and what are you trying to warn them against? What am I warning them against? Um, Getting ooh. a worse version of Ty Corbin, basically. Where to begin? So, opponent, I don't know if I invented this thought or I simply aligned with people at the same time on this thought. Um, so the timeline, the last years approximately, is um, you set the franchise willingly on fire with the concurrent events, essentially, of uh, Jerry Sloan's retirement, which you had no control over. And then 13, 14 days later, willingly trading your franchise cornerstone, the franchise, Darren Williams, to the New Jersey Nets for a flyer. A flyer which, while it granted us an entry into what eventually became Jazz Camelot um, with the acquisition of the three seed, which would end up being uh, 
or no, I'm sorry. We ended up getting, did we just suck that year? No, we actually got New Jersey's number three pick as well as Derek Favors. Yeah, in his um, cancer and Derek Favors. Yep. Get, uh, they were waiting in the wings to be Devin Harris. Well as, um, who's the fourth piece I'm forgetting? It wasn't Josh Howard. Anyways, um, going down, I'm telling a long story here. So that launched us into an era of um, mediocrity, which was composed of Ty Corbin um, at the helm. Again, uh, front office decisions. And so we thought we were going to be competitive and didn't really want to go into a full rebuild. When the trade happened, we thought we would be rebuilding. Um, But then the following year, we accidentally didn't suck enough and ended up with an eight seed, which, you know, I will never thumb my nose at a playoff berth, even this year, even though the jazz have uh, fallen below my personal expectations and the majority of the fan base, you know, making the playoffs is a special thing, especially when you have a team that I, I don't think, I don't see this team making the NBA finals, but it certainly has enough pieces and superstar power on paper to be competitive and theoretically make a deep run. Um, so that is to be celebrated on an annual basis. But in 2012, um, I was not happy about making the playoffs that year. Millsap, Jefferson. Huh, and I love me some Paul Millsap, but he's not the guy you want to be building your entire team around. Like if he's, we saw it in 2012 and then 2013. If they're your two best players, you have a very low ceiling. And, and I've um, talked to people about how that was the, the year that I hated being a Jazz fan because it was so obvious that you had – you had those two pieces. You had to get rid of because they were going to leave the next season. The fact that they didn't trade them at the trade deadline was fine. Was it's just such a holding pattern yeah. year. But it, we didn't know it was a holding pattern at the time because we wanted to invest this false belief in that this roster of nine pending free agents and uh, Al Jefferson and, and Molo, who was coming off of uh, you know two years removed from being on a a Western conference or an Eastern conference team that made some deep playoff runs with LeBron James when he was still on the Cavaliers. And we thought it would fortify a good, good enough starting five, which obviously was just ended up being like the most nondescript jazz team of all time of the decade. I should say not of all time. Cause I don't know anything about the eighties. Um, and they realized in 2013, well, this team's not good enough. So we actually are going to have to tank after two years before they thought they were going to tank. So they delayed the tank twice and redid the tank and then spent, you know, it was a good rebuilding project, but let's all be honest, this rebuilding project, especially when you juxtapose it with, and maybe, maybe I'm being picky here, but you know, recent memory, Denver, certainly Phoenix right now, even though Phoenix had its doldrums for over a decade. But I mean, when these teams really started to decide, okay, we need a tank and then we're going to build and we're going to build the right way. Utah's rebuilding project was so damn long. Other teams have this high ceiling payoff, whereas we just kind of, you know, uh, famously said hashtag not going to skip any steps. We didn't skip any steps. And it turns out we were so fastidious about taking every little tiptoe up the staircase that, you know, five, six years have gone by and we have not sniffed even a conference finals. And so it's like now we're at the precipice where again, we're kind of coming up on that horizon that we faced back around 2011. Now, our talent, I still think with the existence of Donovan and Rudy, who are the two highest ceiling players we've had on our team since Stockton and Malone, we are facing the question of which direction is this team going to take over the next five to seven years? Are they going to need a tank or are you going to reload? And so still, you know, it 
if you believe now the noise is loud enough with even though I am, you know, I don't tend to trust nationals, but Tim McMahon and Zach Lowe are two nationals who I will take 99% of what they say at face value. And they seem to be very confident that the nucleus of our, our superstar, superstar centered roster is about to blow into smithereens. That sets off red flags, especially after living through the Hayward thing. Because when Hayward was facing free agency, I was very gung-ho that he was going to stay. Oh, there's a, a hundred reasons why he would stay, and there's no way Gordon would leave. Well, after getting burnt after that time, I vowed never to be that naive ever again. So even though I think you can make the argument, especially with Rudy in particular, just because of the vibes and the body language and what we've heard from him and you know, talking to people around the organization, this is very much a game of telephone, but from everything I've heard, Rudy seems to love playing in Utah. He loves the organization. The organization loves him. So it would seem less likely for Rudy to leave than for Donovan to leave because, you know, Donovan's just got that that worldwide superstar pedigree, and uh, we don't want poor little Utah to hold him back. I don't know if any of this is true. Any of it is false. I'm just running with the conjecture that everybody else is reading online as well. So anyways, be very careful about deciding you know, we're going to cast off Rudy. We're going to cast off Donovan. Because landing landing Rudy was, you know, shrewd fortune. Because, you know, it was a good pick being made at 27. It was very much the antithesis of passing on Bain. Both moves were equally as brilliant to incompetent. Um, maybe not incompetent. Maybe as equally brilliant as to unimpressive. And with Donovan, you know, it was the miracle that we needed and didn't necessarily deserve. And it could have not been more properly timed because we drafted him literally, I think 11 days before Gordon told us to go pound sand. And it just could not have been a better passing of the baton as it turned out to be in retrospect. And if we lose Donovan, we are not going to get that lucky twice again. I actually fear for the off season that Donovan leaves the jazz, whether it's in two months or 10 years and the, the poor wing that we draft, the 19-year-old from God knows where, and the fan base is going to be like, you're going to be our Donovan replacement. Because guess what? You're going to be sorely disappointed because the Donovan Mitchells don't come around more than once every 30 years or so. So we need to be very, we need to be very thoughtful about how we want to handle Donovan and Rudy and the all the thought that goes in that decision-making, because if you pumped on both of them, like you're going to be, you have a good chance to be being a small market. Another, It's another podcast into itself. If you want to talk about, if you believe in this front office or not and their decision-making and what their blueprint is for championship and, and long-term greatness for this team. I mean, but you're not just going to be able to get rid of Rudy and Donovan, even for a year's worth of tanking. Because we know what happened the last time the Jazz intentionally tanked. We ended up drafting my favorite player who ended up, you know, pissing off the entire uh, franchise fan base to this day. And I have to hear about it on Twitter almost every day still, which, again, that's its own podcast. But just because you make the decision that you're going to rebuild, you're not going to magically be back in the stratosphere of competition in a year, two years, maybe not even 10 years. Look at the Timberwolves. Look at the Kangs. Go the distance 49 who's on this podcast knows better than anybody else about how that rebuilding project's gone on. I, I suddenly think of this quote from the last dance where 
back in 1998, back before the Cubs remembered how to be competitive. Michael Jordan said the Cubs have been rebuilding for 46 years. That could easily be the Jazz. So, like the way the season has gone, I think this roster has a lower ceiling than it did last year. I really feel like last year was our window. But at the same time, the competitive landscape in the NBA is more competitive than it was three years ago. So, I still think, well, I feel like I know what this team's going to be. You need to throw your dice. You need to show up to the craps table and see how this team will show up because health will happen. Randomness will happen. And those things are more likely to have a significant impact on the entire playoffs and teams competing in the playoffs than they would have three years ago when there was really no point of trying to construct a championship team. Because as we know, Golden State was just going to run circles around everybody now. Toronto locked, lucked out because speak of the devil health did come into play and it was significant enough because health touched the most important player in the NBA finals. So going back to my original point, I think we need to be very careful about the direction that we decide to go with Rudy and Donovan. Now, if we have no hope of retaining those players, then yes, let's, let's start thinking about the future. But I have seen way too many people over the last two weeks be far too casual about just generally being ready to settle for casting away Rudy and Donovan and making these fake trades. And I don't really know if they know what their long-term plan is going to be. And speaking of not knowing what the long-term plan is going to be, we've heard the Quinn noise for years, like for not, not talking about like he's going to the Lakers. That seems to be um, very yeah. legitimate noise that's and very recent new, noise. But yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's but probably. everyone's like, let's get rid of Quinn. Like, who is going to come to Utah and replace Quinn and be so much better than Quinn Snyder? Like it was the same thing with the Blazers last year. Everyone's like, Oh, Terry Stotts. He's a, he's a, a stale voice in the locker room. Nobody's listening to him anymore. And I'm like, okay, so you want to get rid of Terry Stotts. Who are you going to replace him with? Because you're not going to get Eric Spolstra because Eric Spolstra has the best head coaching job in professional sports. And he's a Portland hometown kid. So if you're not going to get Spolstra, who are you going to get next? Like Stan Van Gundy? That's not going to work. Um, he hasn't coached a real team in like 12 years. There's like, what are the options here? Especially if you're a small market team. I just feel like this is not said out loud, but I feel like these theoretics that people deal with where they just want to like, you know, armchair quarterback. And I am as guilty of this as anybody on any given night because I am emotional. I am reactive. But my question is, most of the people who are trying to, to solve these theoretical problems, this, the solutions are coming up with would not be less realistic. Like Eric Spolster is not coming to Utah. Um, I'm just trying to think of like good head coaches off the top of my head, especially well, ones it, that are better than Quinn Snyder, because there's not that many to pick from. But here's any the of them thing. that real up, they are not coming to Utah. I'm going to play devil's advocate for you. Sure. I'm not necessarily. My God, hold on a second. I, I need a cigarette after that rant. That was. <laughs> oh, that was good. Too good, huh? Just, um, I don't think it's anything new if you no. follow me on Twitter. I think I just kind of resummarized um, every single one of my tweets in one rant. Before I before I um, uh, uh, let Jared, I'm a, you know, because I, I know he's at. We've, we've got some Quinn stuff on this podcast. Joshua, um, uh, you're, you're here. You're the guest here. Um, yeah. yeah, let Josh talk. That's I need a Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got to lube up the throat there. Um, so um, uh, yeah, like we're talking Hashtag about Logan. Yes, we're we're still rebuilding. We're trying. Oh, we're we're talking about rebuilding. Um, so before the year, I said I, I was team like, hey, we, the Jazz needed to make. I, I thought running it back with the, the same seven, eight, nine guys was a mistake. 
Um, but now that we're here at you know this part of the season, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I kind of agree with them. It gets it here, like, you know, the rebuild is is much different than I see people talk about on on Twitter. Um, where are you at? Like, it's I mean, not I, going to be easy. Right, right, right. Um, Everybody thinks it is. It would be more like a Portland project that looks nearly impossible. Again, this is this is sort of uh, assuming that assuming that the Jazz, you know, don't get past the second round again, past the first round, whatever. Um, what do you what do you fall, Joshua? Do you think that, that you know this this team is quote unquote unsalvageable? Um, you know, because like there, there's a lot of stuff like, well, get rid of Mike, get get rid of Boyan, but like you know, a year later, you're not going to you know it's, it's going to be very hard to replace those guys regardless. Um, yeah, my my thoughts are pretty much keep my, my plan A is if it were up to me, I'd I'd keep Donovan and Rudy, and then trade the other fourteen players on the roster without pretty much any regard on what you get back, because really, when it comes down to it, is Rudy and Donovan are what make the engine go, and if you just need to change things around them, so there's more pieces around. And I know you can't really trade all 14 players unless, you know, you're the Cleveland Cav- Cavaliers and LeBron's trading out eight players at the, at the at the trade deadline. But, you know, moving moving other pieces around, getting a little, getting looking good. <laughs> getting a different fill in 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 the teammates around them. Um and and I'm I'm as vocal as there is on Quinn. I've been out on Quinn for yeah. for a while. Um, Great coach, but yeah, like um, sometimes, Jared, sometimes, sometimes we, you just need a different. I'm form. compelled to ask you why. Um, for so long. I don't know. Like, if you're a square, you know, if you're a square peg. Yeah, square peg rounds the common and, Quinn. Yeah, so if if you don't fit with Quinn, you're you're just out. And Quinn is brilliant. He's super smart, and I would just expect that he'd be able to put different players in. You know, figure out a way to use different players. But it it just seems like whether it's Dante, whether it's Jeff Green, whether it's shoot Rudy Gay this year, um, anybody that doesn't fit the mold. That Quinn has set up for the team. Or, he or does Roy- have a mold. Hey, to be fair, Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal being forced into round square peg round hole rolls all the time. Royce O'Neal being asked to do too much. And so Royce O'Neal starts looking crappy and everybody's like, blame Royce, blame, blame Royce, blame Royce. Look, Royce can only do so much, man. Like you're right. asking Royce to fill the job of three guys. Pfft, yeah, I really you're going to blame Royce? Okay, anyways. Okay. Let's let me go back to my uh my devil's advocate thing about Quinn. Um, there are not very. You're right. There are not very many successful blueprints to pivot to. You know, immediately successful, better head coach. But sometimes you got to take a swing. Um, like Danny Ainge found Brad Stevens, and Brad Stevens was a, a decent coach. Like he had his flaws. That was and, a great hire. Yeah, I agree. Agree. I agree. That was a great hire. It was also done by somebody who is now with the Jazz organization. Um, okay, then you've got um, firing a coach of Toronto. Back in 2011, though. Then you've got Toronto also firing a coach of the year. 
and hiring Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is looking really good, like even now. Like I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. They have Masai Ujiri has got to be top five GM in the league. Like that guy is just masterful. At well, and, and our GM's plan A a few years ago was Miritich and a player. So yeah, Woo! yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis Lindsay uh, looking a little suspect in the light, you know, as year, as years go on. Um, he made two great I moves, really good moves. GM. But the problem is he missed on so many other little moves that the Jazz couldn't afford to miss on. And they had to dump so many picks to fit clean up his mistakes. Because when you're a Dennis Lindsay guy, you're a Dennis Lindsay guy. He's kind of got the same flaw as Quinn, which is maybe why they initially got along. If you're a Quinn guy, you're in the rotation. If you're a Quinn guy, no matter what you do, you can be Shelvin Mack and you can play like garbage for however long. But you're still going to be in the closing lineup because you're a Quinn guy and you're Shelvin Mack. Ooh. But if you're Dante, nope, 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 nope. Stop. Your name's Dante Exum. No, can't do it. Yeah. Can't do uh, it. You're not a quick guy. Um, Fuck you. Uh, yeah, so Your development I mean, doesn't mean anything. Fuck you. We we really uh, we really uh, leaned heavily into the rebuild part, and uh, I apologize. We we will talk about some playoff stuff here in just a minute, but I the real, the rebuild part is just it, it is kind of kind of funny because. Like the, the like I, I there's a lot of PTSD. I mean the Gordon Hayward PTSD is real is still real for, yeah. for a lot of us. Um that we're worried about again. We're worried about Donovan Mitchell yep. who's gonna be in the first year of his extension leaving, right? Like the, right. the guy's under contract for like four ish more years. Um and three three to four more years. And maybe yeah, maybe he James Harden or Ben Simmons' his way out. Um uh you know, Logan has um hinted very very uh subtly subtly on here to that, you know. Yo, yeah, well, Donovan's not that kind of guy. Well, is he? Is he? Oh, is, is oh he he's not? out. He's out with Linus Klaza tonight. That's why he couldn't be here. Is a uh, is a uh, is? Are we sure that Donovan doesn't have the diva tendencies in him that um, some of these other guys have had? Um, like you know, three years, three oh. or four. You know, when when Donovan first came in the league, he was a wide-eyed rookie, super humble. You know, always just like you know, really like just being here. And now, he's been in the spotlight for a long time, and he's. I felt like his personality has changed. He's not the same guy that came into the league a few years ago. Not saying that he's not humble, but you know, well, he's have, a grown up now. Yeah, th- things have changed, and We've so seen how the business works, how the sausage is made, and as you, it's just like any other human being. As they grow, and you, you work in various lines of industry, you become cynical because you see how more of the world works. And, and maybe he's and, just, he's not he's not hiding his divaness as much as he did. <laughs> when he first came in the league, just you know, just well, throw it out there so, with some stories that we've yeah. heard. Um, so I, I like how David Locke talks about him yep. a little bit when he yeah. when he talks when he when he relates him to Ken Griffey Jr. Totally when, agree. When Ken Griffey Jr. was the kid and he was smiling, had the cap on backwards during batting practice, everything was great, and then he got the expectations, he got the fame, got the pressure. And Games. and he changed, and, and but that's just part of growing up, right? Like, yeah. And and look, the, like so, you're the, the Donovan problem is still. Uh, we, we there's still time for the Jazz and Donovan. It's like a year or two mm-hmm. away. Um, the, the, I mean, they could, and the closer you get to the Donovan, you know, deadline, the the harder it is. Like, I mean, you know, things happen, and if a team knows that you're desperate, you know, they can take advantage of you. By you know, the way, don't Google what happened in the second half of Ken Griffey Jr.'s career. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and the, the Rudy Gobert thing is like, the, uh, you know, it does seem like Rudy Gobert 
seems like he does seem like the one he wants to be the jazz man for life. Um, the problem is without Donovan or without, you know, another guy, like how far do you go with just Rudy and other pieces? You know, like who else can you pair with Rudy? That makes Uh, sense. You know, uh, and I don't mean to go Rudy gay here, but I mean, starting out speaking of brand new contracts, he's going to constitute $40 million a year of your, your budget and counting. Yeah. And so you have to, I love Rudy. I think he's the best defensive player in the league. I think he's going to be the best defensive player in the league for certainly at least a few more years to come. I think he's a two-way player. Obviously, there's some offensive limitations to him. I think there's some offensive potential still with him being 28 years old that's still remaining to be unlocked because he's committed to development. But at the same time, you do have to consider if you want to be allocating that much of your budget, regardless of if it's a top 10 player in the league or not, but one guy. Question. Can we uh, put a little bit of the onus on Quinn to Rudy's Rudy's like uh, not developing any kind of face-up game and something like that? Just saying, hey, no, that's not part of your game. That's not what you're going to do. You're not going to do any of that. Like Let's back to the basket. I don't know. Got to give him something. Of other players in terms of development and how they've been integrated into the system and the offense and defense. I think there's an argument to be made. Um, I don't know if that's the reality, but I think you can make. I know everything we're living in disinformation say anything on the internet age but i think you can make an argument um that would augment that belief that uh perhaps not enough post offense specific offensive development has been um steered towards rudy over the years yeah i, mean, I just don't think he believes in it it's also but, it's, it's asset, asset going back allocation to the right how you fit into the system that is not coherent or cohesive to quinn's system yeah. it's, right. it's asset allocation like all right, so say that they start developing Rudy's post game a couple years ago. That takes away from something else that he's he's done. It's not it's not like he could as added on that add on that like he, something else would have have to suffer for him to well, develop yeah. post game. So, you don't get the screen game. You don't get all the easy yeah. rolls. You don't get all so, the high, I mean, high efficiency shots at the rim. Right, like it's it's, right. it's it's one of those things that it's like when when we're talking about like hey we want Rudy to shoot. You know, people are like, we, we want to shoot at least a 1-3 game or whatever. But what if he hits zero of those threes, like, out of, like, 40 games? Like, why do you keep yeah, wanting to do something? I don't something? want him shooting 1-3 Well, it's, it's not just, like, three. It's, 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 it's like everything. Everyone wants him to do something else a little bit different. Like, yeah. like oh, in-game practice. Like, but if he's bad at it or if it doesn't work or, like, if opponents know that he's going to take that shot, but it's, like, a, a 10% shot, why, why, would they, why would they care? Even if he makes it once sure. out of every 10 games – why would you care if he shot a three? Because of I mean, other, perhaps this you know. is born out of Quinn's wishes and philosophies, but I mean, look at everything else around Rudy. Why do you need to teach Rudy to do those things if you have four other ball handlers, shooters, and playmakers on the floor? It's superfluous. Right. Well, um, you also don't have four ball handlers. We d- we only have four ball handlers on the roster, man. Like, I mean, that, we uh, had three last year. They tried. Well, you've got. <laughs> At any given time, you have at least two ball handlers on the floor. So you have Conley, Mitchell, and then Clarkson. You did have uh, Well, okay, okay. We're, we're saying just ball handlers. I, I, thought, I thought we were talking about, like, distributor types, too. Sorry, my bad. I think it's a combination of ball handlers and, you know, guys you want to be in your possessions with. So Bojan would fit that category to me. When he's in the mood, Royce O'Neal. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, Royce O'Neal can take a shot when you need him to. Royce O'Neal. In theory. Royce O'Neal. In theory. Royce needs to go somewhere else where he can get the the whatever's hanging over his head out of his system because I think he he needs a to reset. Add on, he 
he needs a recess. A second Royce or a second house, so you can spread out the usage amongst those three guys and not have yeah. to overuse any of the one. Where guys. is that? I don't, what the Jazz have done? I don't know where, where you live. I don't know where second house coming from. Man. I don't know where you live. Get set. I can. I can't. I, I can't. Maybe I can't even afford one. The trade deadline. I can't even afford one house. Get set. You want me to get two houses in this <laughs> I can't market? Afford one house in Utah either. In this I'm, economy, I'm get out of here. Was he available for Jordan Carson? Nicholas Batum had a, a very nice contract on the team that's, you know, around the trade deadline, everybody thought they were going to sell house. Or, um, uh, well, the, here's, here's the thing. I, I, do feel like, I do feel like Jay-Z, Justin Zanuck, was trying. I just feel like he just kept striking out. Like, you know, he, he, I, I think he went for rich. And that's what makes me depressed is that the Jazz tried you know in the, tra- the trade deadline. Hey, let's give, let's give Josh a, a second here. He has a thought. Yeah, I've, I've got to run, but. Oh, okay. Been fun being honest, you guys. Josh, thank thank you for joining, and I'm uh, filling in the debauchery for Logan. Um, uh, but yeah, come back on when when you have time. Um, uh, when the baby's grown, yep. or maybe I don't know when the baby's off to college, we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah. you know, come back. Well, we're going to try to do some to the detriment of the fans here. We're going to try to do some more podcasts yeah. before the playoffs get start here. But we'll let Josh go here. Um, gets it whenever you yeah, need to leave. Leave too. You know, we are going to go to a little bit happier talk, maybe hopefully, uh, <laughs> and try to talk about um, uh, Jazz playoffs because like, again, the Jazz are pretty much locked in the fifth seed, pretty much locked into facing Dallas, a team that um, they are now two and two against, uh, two out of four, two and two, however you want to say it, um, against uh, this team that without Christoph Porzingis does look like it's a, it's a much tougher um, matchup for the Jazz. Um, you know, is it Luca? Speaking is of it... addressing needs and finding more bodies at the trade deadline, that's exactly what Dallas did. Well, hey, they, they I mean – they made a trade for Porzingis, which was Porzingis, you know, fell off, uh, you know, very, very harshly. Um, but we were able to flip that for, you know, a, a Dinwiddie who we talked about at the deadline that was not really fitting in with uh, the Wizards. Um, so they were trying to get rid of him. And, yeah, they, they were able to get some, some pieces and they built a team and... It's not just Luca anymore. There's, there's... I like Dinwiddie going back to his Brooklyn days. By the way, like I'm not going to say he would fit on the Jazz, but I think he's he's coming off that ACL injury, and I just feel like obviously the Wizards didn't feel like Dinwiddie was a good fit with them, but skill wise, talent wise, they definitely punted on him too soon. There, there was definitely, I think there was like there's a real personality problem back there, like that we heard some rumors on that. Like yeah. Um, so let's get to um. Uh, Let's let's just assume it's because again again uh, something would weird weird would have to happen that the, the Denver Nuggets would have to fail their uh, fail their tank, the Jazz would have to you know super tank, um, lose in Portland. Yes, to, uh, like but hey you know Trendon Watford. M- and- <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe I can't name anybody on their active yeah. roster right now. Maybe it happens. Um, is Brandon Williams still playing, or is he still is he gone? Like, 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 was he playing too well that they're like, okay, we're gonna shut him down too? Um, uh, here's the thing. So Simon's Simon's isn't playing. No, no, Simon Simon's hasn't played for like two months. <laughs> anybody who like anybody who's played in more than like three NBA games. Portland's basically saying you're not allowed to play in this game. You give us too much of a chance for to win. The Jazz, the Jazz um, signed like five ten day contracts to play against Portland. Um, but this could be like the, the opposite of four years ago. I want to share with you guys about that Portland game. So Sunday is the season finale for both teams. Regular season finale will be the last time Portland plays. It'll be the last time that the fans get a chance to watch the Blazers play until next October. It will also be Bill Shonley night. So Bill Shonley 
is the most revered figure in the history of the Portland Trailblazers. He's literally employee number six in the franchise. He was tabbed by the late Harry Glickman, who founded the franchise in 1970, uh, to become the first broadcaster for the Portland Trailblazers. He was on the radio, on the mic for the call of Portland's lone NBA championship in 1997, which incited Blazer mania. He is also responsible for approximately 40 Wait, different Wait, don't you mean like 79 or something? No, 77. Look it up, dog. There is oh, a 70. No, you said 97. It's like... You said 97. Yeah, I was 97, like, huh? you need to edit that out. I yeah. definitely meant to say 77. Okay. Um, 1977. Okay. So, Bill Shonley is like Hot Rod Hundley. He is like Portland's Kevin Calabro. He is like the the uh, the Marv Albert to Portland. He's, he's arguably the most significant sports broadcasting voice in the history of Pacific Northwestern sports. And he is 93 years old. His last year calling games for the Blazers, I believe, was in the 98 season. He was replaced by Brian Wheeler. Portland basically told him, we don't want you on the air anymore. I think he was about 68, 69 years old. Um, a lot of uproar, obviously, in Portland at the time when the changeover happened, although Wheels went on to become an iconic broadcaster in his own right. But Sean Lee, um, you know, he's a very affable guy. Um, he's the unofficial, they call him the unofficial mayor of Portland. Um, he birthed the phrase rip city. That was one of many catchphrases, which have, uh, weaved its way into all of our common vernacular when it comes to, to basketball sports, broadcasting phrases in sports phrases in general. So anyways, he has hung around Portland and hung around the Blazers organization intimately since the turn of the millennium as uh, the main ambassador for the Blazers. He'll be at every game. He'll do interviews. He'll appear on radio stations. He's just always around. He's like your third grandpa. Um, he is arguably like the most important person to live in Portland in the last 50 years, sports or whatever transcends sports. And he basically has called it quits. He's like 93, 94 years old and said, I'm just too old to be doing, to be working on a daily basis. So this is going to be his last, like, really significant pub public appearance. He's going to appear at Moda Center. They're going to do a lot of fanfare for him, I assume, pregame, halftime. The funny thing was, I'm not sure what's dictating this with the market, if it's inflation, if it's timing, if it's the last game of the regular season, if it's randomness, if it's the Shanley factor. Um, the seats I bought to the Blazers-Jazz game in December when I was in town, back then I was living in Kentucky, I moved back very recently. I was looking at the same seats for this upcoming game on Sunday, and they're at least double what I paid, I believe, in December. It's very much the same way, value pricing all the way around the different sections and bowls of Moda Center. So I thought that was interesting. So, again, long-winded story. I think there's going to be a lot of magical vibes in the year. I don't think it's going to be – um, people of like, they realize the Blazers are not worth watching. They're not going to show up. CJ McCollum came back to town for the first time about a week and a half ago. The arena was half full. Um, so I don't expect it to be a packed crowd for Sean Lee, but I think there's going to be some special magic in the air. And I just feel like it can happen, but I think Portland's going to be, I think they're going to be, even though the talent gap, again, I don't know who's going to suit up for the jazz on Sunday. The talent gap should be significant enough that the Jazz will win by default. However, 
I think there could be some magic carpet um, spirits of the night that the Blazers may just sail on, and we'll see how far it carries them into the night. Um, so the Jazz should still win, 99% chance to win on Sunday. But I will put that out there as an interesting intangible to consider as we view Saturday or if, as we view Sunday's regular season finale. Mm. And that and that's uh, like I mean it may, maybe maybe in a time is a flat circle. And, uh, you know, Portland in the last game um, uh, uh, of the year, like three years ago now, four Logan's years ago now, when they were Logan's most hated team, <laughs> when, uh, when the so Trailblazers were, were trying to um, uh, uh, tank against the Kings, I want to say, and Anthony Simons went for 80 points or whatever, and they won that, that game. horrible 48-hour stretch where four things had to not happen. They all had a very low percentage chance of happening for the Jazz to avoid Houston in the first round and instead play against right. uh, Portland. In the yeah, we lost to playoffs, a seven-man Blazers team. Which would have been an amazing matchup. <laughs> yep. It would have been. It would have been. Then that, that, they, that, so maybe time's a flat circle and maybe that's coming around. But this is all, of course, assuming, and, and I, I really hope that you didn't say all that because this is going to release before the Jazz play the, the Suns, and if the Jazz beat the Suns, the campaign Suns, then it really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, Tough one to handicap. Yeah, so it's... it's but, I mean, the, the campaign Suns almost... Will probably win, but, you know, it again, it depends on who suits up for both teams and how hard... The, the campaign Everything Suns... Everything with the Jazz, uh, the Jazz I, would never better, I would never bet four against the Jazz this season because there's so much talent on our team, and it really comes down to who's going to try that night. And how focused are we going to be for 48 minutes? And it's impossible to predict on a night-by-night basis. And that's probably the number one thing giving me any semblance of hope going to the playoffs is the variable that maybe they're going to try for six out of seven games in the first round. And if you try hard enough, maybe you can beat the Mavericks. And let's go, baby. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Because, like, I'm, I, I'm, again, I'm embracing the rational here. Like, there is no rational reason for for us to believe that this Jazz team is going to go far. But, hey, again, you get hot at the right time. You you win. Yeah, you, you win that first-round matchup. All right, cool. That's nice. Hey, you go against the Suns in the playoffs, so, you know, the fully loaded Suns. You know, and if you can beat a fully loaded Suns. Who's going to be healthy going to the second round in that theoretical series, by the way? That's what I would like to know. How is how's the strength of Chris Paul's hammy? Stacked up against the strength of Mike Conley's hammy. Let's yeah, look, um, let, let's just say you know like hey they 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 both get in this in, in my irrational scenario they both have bionic um, legs now, and um, we're we're just going in this uh, and again if you could just somehow like find a way to win like this is what builds like real champions right fighting through adversity, um uh, like those are the teams that people want to see and cheer for and root for and if you can find a way to do it like I mean we've seen a lot of interpersonal stuff that we weren't imagining coming into this year. But now we're also seeing, you know, our two best play- the Jazz's two best players um, just be better than they were uh, in previous seasons. Uh, the supporting cast, um, you know, some of the supporting cast a little worse, but, you know, hey, they're, they're going to, it looks like they're going to go into the playoffs, you know, not having a Mike Conley missing 20 games going into the, into the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell not missing 20 games going into the playoffs. Um, uh, they have a Daniel House now. They have a Rudy Gay who um, uh, you assume can can play some of those roles too. They they have a Wancho Hernan Gomez who um, before the it's net... probably foolish to bank on these guys, but like, well, exactly, exactly. So it is foolish. Variables and unknowns <laughs> that you don't know what you're going to get. Like maybe Wancho can give you seven cumulative good playoff minutes, and that's really like all you need from your ninth and tenth men in a in an average playoff game is just a huge seven minute punch. 
where you can go in and, you know, not have a horrible shift. Yeah. If you're a 10th man, all you want to do in the playoffs is not give your teammates a horrible shift with you on the floor. And and like we, we've seen good Wancho. Like, we, we all thought at the trade deadline that we'd be talking about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, and we, we might still in the future, but Wancho's had he the bigger impact. He gives you something impact. on our squad that yeah. maybe only one other guy on this team gives you. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's the... It's kind of the um, we haven't had it, but it's it's kind of the the foregone days, the vibes of the the Jay Crowder, Trevor Booker badassery. Like I'm going to come in and be an mf'er and you know crash the boards and get in this guy's face on defense and um, you know make contact with people. And, and we just needed Adam Sandler to yell at um, uh, Wancho and ask him, you know, do you love this game five times in a one minute trailer? Hey man, um, we're Let's fly him in. Let's fly in Adam Sandler. Yeah. These Knicks aren't in the playoffs. Let's, and, and, and Quinn Snyder, you know, again, you know, red we, 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 we do talk about Quinn Snyder, you know, but he also makes that, you know, he, he's not great at late game adjustments, but he figured out, hey, you know, let's give Wancho some run. He even talked about Rudy Gay getting, you know, this was interesting in the press conference, talking about Rudy Gay situational minutes that Rudy Gay might not be playing, but like they'll put him in when they, like, he's talking about making an in-game adjustment. Like, oh, we need Rudy Gay at this point. And figure that stuff all out. And hey, you know, again, it just has to take. We're getting down to sixteen game, sixteen wins now. Can can your team be good enough for sixteen wins? Can can you get the best out of everybody? Can you get the best out of Royce? Can you get the best out of Daniel House? Can, can we see a lineup like? All right, cool. We we need to get a stop. It's Donovan, Rudy, and you have Wancho, Rudy Gay, and Daniel House out there, like in the playoffs. Yeah, like, size size matters. You know, uh, this playoff, this playoff uh, approach feels very similar to 2019, where it's just like it's eerie because you're the the five seed again. You're taking on a team. You got to go down to Texas and take on a team whose best player very much has a similar profile to the Rockets and Harden three years ago. Um, so on one hand, it's like I feel like I know how the playoff series is going to go, but also the roster you have in 2022 currently is so much different than the 2019 roster because I think. With the 2019 roster, I knew what everybody's skills, everything was very locked in as to what you knew you were going to get from every guy. Whereas on this team, it's still like they played 80 games and you still don't know what you're going to get from every guy on every single night. And with there being so many veterans, guys who know how to kind of coast their way and, and time their way through a season and know when to uh, you know, go hard or, or go at 80% on some nights and go at 55% on other nights. I still, there's, I don't think they can, I don't think they're good enough to just simply flip a switch, but there's enough individual talent on this team where it's still worth waiting to see if they're going to flip a switch. Um, Cause I think we've seen them a couple times in the last month and a half do the flip switch. It, it hasn't been often, but I mean, we just saw it against Memphis. I mean, you literally saw in the third quarter, like um, someone was saying you're writing the obituary obituary about this team again and i'm like of course we are like have you seen the way they've died every game the last three weeks i mean that's what's going to happen um and everyone was noting how early in the third quarter they looked disengaged they were going through the motions they're just i said they're trying to get through the next week because they're ready to you know go to cancun they're just waiting for the calendar to turn that's all there's left for the season and then what do you know um turns on its heels and 12 minutes later, it's like this team loves each other again. So it's just, it's extremely Jekyll Hyde. Um, the NBA Finals caliber team, 
Now, again, collection of individuals, summation of the talent, perhaps if the other teams like the Suns are not fully healthy as the playoffs continue, because the Suns, again, they've got a lot of good young talent, but the team cumulatively down at Phoenix is not a spring chicken. Um, counting in figures who will play a lot like uh, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Toy Craig's. You know, JaVale, JaVale McGee is yep. like magically in his 30s by now, I think. Um, <laughs> Honestly, you know, I, can't, I can't wait for their offseason because... I can't wait for their offseason because Sarver's going to be a cheap ass and he's probably going to screw it up. Yeah, yeah, so so the, I can't wait. This is, this I is like, wait. He's going to be the owner of the team in nine months because yeah. that investigation is wrapping up. Okay, uh, oh, right. oh, finally. Em- embracing <laughs> the irrational here, embracing it all. You know, you know. It's, you, it's like I said half an hour ago. You have to take your dice to the craps table mm-hmm. and roll them because I think this team versus the 2019 team, I still want to see how the story ends. Like, I want to see how hard they're going to play games one through six against Dallas. Cause here's the other thing. And this, this part is not, I've not swayed on this, this concept. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have his finest hour in these playoffs provided if he's healthy. I don't know that because, you know, he's been taking more hits than that, uh, uh, that aluminum knight in the Monty Python movie. Tis just a flesh wound. How about you? But, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about the way he's going to the playoffs with that, but I mean, he's, he's suited up every night. I think this rest is going to do him really well. So let's, let's assume that Donovan's going to go into the playoffs 90% healthy. You know, I think he's every playoffs where he's been in good shape, like he's put together hall of fame, iconic documentary worthy performances. And I think with this being his fifth year, he's approaching his prime right now. I think he's going to go off in the playoffs. And I think if he goes off in the playoffs, I, the way I expect him to, He'll be as good of a he's as good of an NBA player as the top players in the league when he when he turns up to that level in the playoffs. So I'm very interested to see how far Donovan's top level performances can carry the Jazz in the playoffs. I'm curious to see how Bogey will show up for us with the shooting and if he can give you consistent scoring on a night to night basis. Um, yeah, and be just enough question. of a just a, just enough of a a defensive guy to you know. To be able to stay on the floor, right? We're ignoring the narrative, right? There's a lot of narratives out there that the Jazz Twitter's mentioned. You know, Quinn Snyder's mentioned it. We're gonna ignore that all because it's, we're we're being irrational. We're we're being like, hey, if we see the best of all the Jazz players, you know, there's a chance. You know, team probably sound very oh honey in retrospect, and I'll be calling myself an idiot on Twitter two weeks from now. But with this team, it's more of a it's more of a we got to just see what happens with this team season than like any of our past 10 iterations of our past rosters um because this one's just such a wild card to me um because of the veteran pieces because of the individual talent but the things that strike fear to me with the mavericks is they have a lot of ball handlers and playmakers so you've got to guard your man which we have never proven um and then they also have a lot of wings and length and that's like you know our absolute kryptonite so when you combine those two powers together things don't look very good um but again, I think but, but, believe but I think I think Luca's weakness though is that he he loves the ball and he loves to loaf off ball. So I think that that is something that actually the Jazz um, the Jazz are good at defending that style. Like the I mean, well, the Jazz have a lot of experience defending that style. Well, and here's another question for you. House also played with a guy that plays a very similar style, who loves to dominate the ball, and you know distributes it when he feels like it. Um, House is a proven playoff performer. I'll say that as well. Now, I'm 
going to really sound like a jazz homer all of a sudden. Here's my other question. So I just talked about Donovan, you know, raising his game to the next level. Luka Doncic has also shown off his ability to, to reach higher levels in the playoffs. So entering this series, presumably Utah 5, Dallas 4. Um, who is the best player in the series? And then who are the best three overall players in the series? Uh, so I think the Jazz. Luka, Donovan, 1-2. And Rudy. Rudy's it, third. Is it Rudy? Rudy. It probably is Rudy. Or I want to talk about flipping a switch and saving your best for the most important part of the year. Will it be Mike Conley? Mike, uh, my, again, my, yeah, my, Mike um, had that really rough month, month and a half. Uh, but then, you know, in the, the, these last two games, right? Uh, or no, last game, he didn't play against Thunder, but against the, the Grizzlies, um, you know, sh- showed some burst. Showed, showed, you know, like, again, maybe, maybe the, again, maybe they were just We've seen with waiting Conley, for he's the. He's clearly trying to maintain his, his reserves mm-hmm. for this time of the year. I yeah. mean, it wasn't until two months ago that we saw he, him even, like, go inside of the the, the perimeter um, until about, you know, really January when he was called upon to carry a heavier load for the Jazz. Um, so, it's, it's again, it's like he wants to, to keep his mileage low this season. So, that's another thing we have to wait and see. Like, is that going to pay off? Like, will Mike Conley be fresh in two weeks? Yeah, and um, uh, you know, because three years ago Mike Conley wasn't on the team; it was Ricky Rubio, and we knew what Rubio was going to get us, and it was very low ceiling. Like, sorry to break it, uh, break it to everybody on Twitter who's still clamoring for and the for jazz, Ricky Rubio services, the, the as jazz, much salvation uh, as he offers from a <laughs> spiritual standpoint. The, the well, Jazz um, uh, lost uh, game four, and game <laughs> five, uh, without Ru- Ricky Rubio. Right? There was, they lost game four again, and they lost it. Uh, they didn't lose it by a lot. Like they were close. They they were those, those were last second shots that they had. Well, no, they that. executed well. They just couldn't make open shots. And yeah. I think on Honestly, you have, Rubio off you have the bench several this team individuals nice who though. can make open shots. Right. And so, um, uh, yeah. Uh, and so, look, again, you know, this is – I'm going to call this the the uh, the little giants um, uh, philosophy. Um, I'm going to call it the one time because it only has to happen one time. Uh, what? Vision 3 NCAA team out in uh, Indiana. Their mascot is the Little Giants. <laughs> it's a college athletic program. Is it's it, an old men's school. Is it coached by Ed O'Neill? Is it coached, is it coached by Al Bundy? So. Oh, that's that's a shame. Rick Morning. I hope that, not. This is what Rick Morning. I don't think Al Bundy would last very long at a D three institution in twenty twenty two. Hey, he's he's he he is the lead touchdown. Or what is he? He is the best running back in, in Polk High School history. I, I don't know what the line is anymore. It's been a long time since I watched. That's gonna that's gonna help us cure cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So so it's like, hey, there's some hope. I'm just saying there's some hope. I personally, yeah, and, it's, you know, I I'm not approaching this with optimism, but I'm also approaching it with less certainty than again I did that 2019 series, and even to a specific standpoint, the first round series against Denver in the bubble. Um. Because I, I just want to see how the superstars perform, and you've got so many old guys on this team that, you know, you can make the argument they've been, especially it's been apparent with Clarkson. Um, I think he was, like, I think Andy Larson, um, you know, it's always dangerous these days to do the game of telephone and conjecture about what Andy Larson heard um, spoken on the court by a jazz player. But I'm pretty sure one of the jazz beat reporters, because they had good seats in Orlando, I'm pretty sure it was Andy who said this. So I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. But I believe when they were down in Orlando, 
Clarkson was heard like just kind of mumbling to someone in the crowd. It's like, yeah, this doesn't feel like the playoffs. Like, it's just like, I wish it was the playoffs. And, you know, maybe that attitude's contagious. So maybe when the playoffs do roll around, you know, I don't know if the basketball gods like they deserve it, but maybe they can flip that switch because they're that talented. It was a long con. But I, think, I like it. I think there's just enough uncertainty. And obviously I'm a big jazz fan, but there's enough uncertainty that it warrants us watching this playoff series and not declaring it over come before game one. I, 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 I want to be wrong. Fair. I want to be wrong so bad. I want Jordan Clarkson. I also to... feel like it's Lucas time, but you know what they say about your feelings, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. well, 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 also, I mean, but, but Luca hasn't shown that he can play well in the second half. It's, of games, it's the playoff be a very, games. I mean, have, uh, he, the, the thing that happens to him almost every year is he runs out of gas in the second half. And if that, if he stays true to form and he doesn't change that, that the way he plays basketball in those instances, then I I think don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Not against us. They'll be a quick out in the second round. If they play that way, Jared's, um, uh, Jared's going to jinx us. They don't this year, but I feel like if, if Luca had a Dinwiddie next to him, they would have ousted the Clippers last season. Um, eh, I don't know. I, I think you're too high on Dinwiddie. You're high on your own okay. supply. Uh, Dinwiddie okay. um, have been pretty good since going to Dallas. I mean, he was he was good in Brooklyn, right? He just uh, Washington was yeah, just a really bad fit. But he's also not a career, you know, great shooter. So I mean, uh, the, I against mean, tighter playoff defenses, I honestly well don't Dallas, know. Right? I don't trust it. I don't trust. I mean, we we he, we're he played about... he played with Kevin Durant and he and, and, and Kyrie Irving. We're, we're like, how are you not a... getting clean no, looks there? And you didn't shoot that I well. I gotta go and look that up. I don't know if he played many games with Durant do because the, Durant was I think that was his Achilles rehab. Do the Jazz play tighter playoff defense? I don't I don't really know if that's a real thing or not. But. I I'm No, I'm I'm not that. saying even just against the Jazz, I'm just saying Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I think I that they're going to struggle against playoff defenses. Like Here's thing about and I don't know if they'll choose to if the Nationals will go with this narrative, but I think they probably won't because everybody wants to see the Jazz blow up and Donovan Rudy just well, stab yes. each other, apparently. Yes, yes. Here's the thing. In my mind, the main narrative of this series is it's going to be a, a something's got to give matchup. So Luca's due for a playoff victory. He's been ousted by the Clippers. What is this, just his fourth year in the league? So he's been eliminated by the Clippers each of the, the last two years, albeit in very competitive series. But he just didn't have enough around him. And now, in my opinion... He's got enough ammo and help around him to get over that first hump of winning a playoff series. The Jazz, on the other hand, even though they won a series against Memphis last year, this has not been an impressive playoff performing team. And so for Dallas, it's like, can they finally get into the second round? And for Utah, is it can they overcome this amount of playoff demons, which probably exceeds the amount of demons in Marilyn Manson's entire anthology? One of these things has to give, and which team is going to overcome their bugaboo? And you know, I five obviously, but it's really too close to call. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, again. I, I'm going with one time, folks. Just has to happen one time. You know, has to have sixteen times, but one time for the Jazz. All right. So, um, can they do it? Uh, let's. Well, I mean, we're 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 literally what. Uh, nine days away from finding out. We don't. We don't exactly know when this playoffs are going to start. It's like April sixteenth ish, around that and area. And you probably can't. 
a lot of stock into like how you perform against the Blazers, but I mean, there there's going to be rotation players that will be called upon at some point, presumably in the playoffs, depending on how long it goes, that will play in tomorrow's game and against the Blazers on Sunday. And I think those reps will matter. Like I think it matters, even though you kick the crap out of the, the Thunder, for for a guy like Rudy Gay to launch a bunch of threes and see them go on the hoop. Um, better to have that happen in the week leading up to the playoffs than to have it happen in January I mean, and not Ru- now. Rudy Gay was hitting I baseline jumpers that were like behind the backboard. Like he was yeah. fading away. I was, I was like, well, whoa, Rudy Gay, what is this? rhythm and develop good habits. Uh, like, yeah, right. It's going to be interesting to see how Quinn uses this as a springboard for the playoffs. I think Laird Doman, who um, everybody, if you're a Jazz fan, or just in general a fan of interesting things beyond the Jazz, should be following on Twitter. But he had a, a really interesting string of wishes the other night. I can't name them all off the top of my head, but basically it was like he wanted to see the Jazz win their their last three games by a combined 100 points. We had a chance to beat the Thunder by 40, but you know garbage time happened, and I think the Thunder thinned the gap a little bit, and we only ended up winning by 36. So yeah. there's a little bit more work to be done to achieve that uh, yeah. Apparently you know, the, theoretical random. The Thunder, the Thunder fifth stringers were able to outscore the Jazz third stringers. Uh, pretty embarrassing. Unserious third oh, stringers. Um, but he, he mentioned that, and then he had a couple of individuals that he said he wanted to, you know, have them discover their rhythm. I think guys like Royce, I can't remember if he mentioned Rudy or somebody else. But, you know, it's 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 kind of your last time to go into the lab and really refine find your chemistry going into the playoffs. So I think these, you know, these two games, you know, in the macro lens, they're – in terms of physical conditioning, they probably are worth as much as an average preseason game. But, you know, for the guys who are going to be rotation players, I think these could be important minutes to just kind of, you know, study for – it's your one last chance to, to study for the test before before test day. Oh, yeah, I love going to those MO labs. Like, oh, I didn't go to class all year, but let me go to this review session. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, hey uh, – like, again, we're, we're giving hope to the Jazz here. Like, there's a there's a chance. I'm just saying there's a chance, folks. And I'm gonna and you guys can you please actually keep me accountable. I'm not gonna be snarky. I'm not gonna give backhanded compliments to the Jazz. I'm just gonna go all in on this Jazz team in the playoffs. Like, hey, all right, cool. When I see good stuff, we're gonna talk about good stuff. And I'm not going to um uh, you know try try to find the bad in, in all of it. Um, uh, I got again. I'll, you know, let's let's get into the 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 proto section here. Marnay's proto section. Uh, she's not going to listen because Logan's not here, so we can say as much as we want. But uh, thank you, thanks, thanks again to at JS Jazz fan Joshua, uh, se- uh, JS Jazz fan seventy eight Joshua there. Um, uh, the, you know CB Bal CB C Bal K star underscore ninety one. He wants to come on to to talk uh, jazz with us. Um, the Aggie fan Dan. Um, uh, apparently he wants to collab with us. Uh, we got you know we got Tremor twelve oh seven. They want to come on, so we made. I put this list out there saying, "Hey, we're gonna have these guys come on to the podcast." And again, you know, for better or worse, we're probably gonna do some more podcasts uh, when playoffs start. Um, uh, Bruno Stars gets it. Do you have anybody that you want to shout out here in, in the proto section? I, hit, I, I am uh, must have hit mute on the thing because I didn't hear you guys say anything at all. So uh, let's go back to um, you know let's uh, gets it here. Um, gets it. Do you have anybody? That you want to uh, throw in? like you muted me like Dennis Lindsay in the Jazz organization after March 2021. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, my apologies there. Um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, but yeah, now you're unmuted. I like, throw somebody into the uh, the proto section there. 
Yeah, I want to draft. Uh, I want to draft David McCormick from the Kansas Jayhawks. Give me all the Jayhawks centers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I need me some brown bear on this podcast. Oh yeah, oh, I, I ran uh, him today. The brown bear, please. I yes. need that brown bear on the high notes. Yep. Um, uh, um, uh, I ran him in, and Michelle Botkin. Um, uh, some uh, you practiced today, so it's cool. Ladies on the podcast. There's, you know, the the female jazz fans. They they know more about this team than the three of us. Oh yeah, I, well, they 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 read the body language so well. They yes, they, yeah, um, they're very they're very, they're very you know, like, emotionally intelligent, man. I'm uh, I, I've asked them all about, uh, like knowing Gordon Hayward was a. I think it was her, or one of her colleagues. They like knew Gordon Hayward was a wet blanket from the start. Like we gotta listen when the ladies warn us about this stuff. Like we need to have our ears fully perked. Agreed. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've asked them that they've just been very smart to never come back. Um, they're like, oh, we did that once and that was awful. And they're right. So <laughs> The ratings would just destroy the roof of your radio station or whatever building you're broadcasting from. Well, honestly, um, I don't. Did you ever invite back uh, MF Lex? She she's taking she's taking time out on the jazz though. They've um uh, that's a great call uh, on her part by the way. Yes, like, she's probably smarter than the rest of us. Um, uh, they, did awesome. one, yeah, they did yeah, it once. They did it once, and um, it, it's, it's much like um uh, much like my day in life. Um, uh, once once you had a taste, you're like, oh yeah, that was that was a fun sample, but you know, we're gonna pass on buying. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Costco. Well, I mean, she of, went on to bigger and better things. She did KSL Radio after doing the podcast. She did un- unrivaled for a little bit, yeah. So um uh yeah um. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Mills Forever was a, was a very, uh, was a very, um, popular show. <laughs> um, uh, Honestly, her telling her that story about her handle is still like, it's, it's like a highlight, man. Uh, yeah. Who so and Jared, um, I would just like to thank you for the invitation as always. It is a, it is a hilarious pleasure and certainly um, an understatement to say it is an honor to be invited on your show, and I apologize for over talking and no, interrupting I mean, you for the last hour and a half. But no, um, no, no, no. Well, something like this was a, an appropriately well timed primer coming into the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year, the NBA playoffs. Yeah. I, I could just tell from because uh, I mean I, I follow on Twitter. I was like, oh, he's got a lot of energy stored up, and you know, Twitter like it's a, it's a hard place to like get it all out once. This was like, I was like, you know what? Here's the microphone. And go for it. And I, I hope this was cathartic this is for you. Just the start. <laughs> I need five more hours. Yeah, exactly. It's your um, show uh, or sequel. I need to just keep on. I yeah. need to keep on talking. And you know, it's you, you don't just solve your problem after one session. Right, right. Going well, this into the is why. This is why we have a. Uh, you know, we have. Our our, our tete tets with a uh, brown bear and such. Yeah, gets it. Um, when you come to town, brother. Gets it. Um, uh, he. Uh, yeah, we so, gotta plan another tete tete soon. We we done. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think I think I'm gonna try to make Portland happen next year. I'll go to a jazz, jazz uh, Blazers game. What What do you think? Who you want to uh, do like a, well, a high notes trip? I was gonna say I done gets it with the uh, uh, like um, uh, we were part of a tornado uh, space. We've done a lot of jazz spaces. Um, <laughs> Last uh, December. Yeah, like um, uh, gets that's it, true. I forgot about that. Gets it's got the tornado space. Gets it. Um, uh, he's probably got the best radio voice uh, of anyone we've ever had on here. That's too much. Uh, like a, uh, he should just it on too much now. Like I, I feel like whatever field you're in, if you just want to like become an audible like book reader, they would pay you pretty well. Uh, and you should I'm do thinking that. about it. I'm yeah. I'm starting to look. I want to. Uh, you know, I just started a new job and sort of reassessed my lifestyle and. Moved cross country, closer to family, all that good stuff. And uh, I found myself with some extended free time. So one of the things I'm, I'm looking into is 
um, you know, the voiceover market. Yeah. Missing, uh, yeah yes. What kind of financial opportunity? Well, obviously, I'm after that stutter, stutter <laughs> job. I'm not qualified to be a voiceover <laughs> yeah, specialist. Just go. Um, uh, I'm just... looking to see what kind of financial aspirations that field offers. He uh, gets mm, it's gonna. He's, he's gonna go on TikTok a, and do. He's gonna do the. Prospect. The prompter challenge on TikTok, and that's how he's going to get famous. So, um, living imitating uh, Kevin Harlan. Everybody's getting a frosty. <laughs> free chicken. Oh, second free throw. Uh, yeah, who would not cheer for free chicken? Yeah, it was uh, so amazing. Freaking Sam Farnsworth trying to. Uh, the cup. Yeah, the cup is flying through the court. <laughs> um, um, J-, J Rod, um, uh, any quick um, uh, shout outs here um, uh, for the produce section before we go? Um, let's see. I think I had one uh, friend of the show. Well, oh, shout out to, uh, you know, to all the folks that I've seen get their, get their Twitter accounts back. Like our oh, friend yes. of the pod who's been on the pod before, yeah. trust, uh, at trust Swisho, our guy Swisho uh, mode. Swisho Nick. mode. Yep. I'm, uh, uh, I just realized, yeah, like I realized I've been seeing his tweets more and I'm like, Oh, his, he must be back. So, um, yeah. I, I guess I, you just said, I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Why I see his tweets now. Um, yeah, so before I'm, uh, you know, like, I'm, hey, go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. This is something that you should probably say. if you, For all those podcasters out there, you do the five-star review thing at the beginning of your podcast because at the end, they what, don't care. One more yeah. unsuspended, uh, that's Bryant H2O, and I guess that's an actual O, H2O. That's uh that's, that's that city councilman guy in Midvale. That's, that's chemistry speak for water. That's what H2O means, <laughs> yeah, by the way. That is correct. I believe that is accurate. A lot, a lot of right. lab talk today, a lot of chemistry talk here. Yeah. Yo, Mr. Yeah, White. going back in the lab to create some H2O. Yo, Mr. He's White. find out if it's wet. Science, bitch. Well, I hope, we, I hope we experience a lot more in the playoffs than a bunch of just noble gas. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, follow GetSit. I'm at GetSit. He's Bruno Stars on Twitter at GetSit. Go to this is forty nine. You will regret it, but I thank you. I thank you for your fellowship. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dragon Squash, who well, will, will uh, have to be here. Let's also shout out Johnny Bryant. Um, listen to our podcast. I, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize he's unverified on Twitter. Brian of the New York Knickerbockers. I know. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, the New York Knicks assistant coach is listening to our podcast. Why? <laughs> And how do you know, you know that? Speaking of other podcasts that we need to go to, we need to spend a podcast trying to locate Quinn's burner because I know he's following us all. <laughs> uh, oh, we really should. That that would be great. Honestly, uh, I we, think the best. I can't. Which I'm is trying fine. To think of, like I don't begrudge him for doing it, but I just want to track down who it is. I think I think this is a job for at five. I was gonna say at five KL. If you're listening, you're not listening. But at five KL KL. Um, uh, you know, hashtag Twitter to... detectives. Yeah, you need to you know, find that. some investigative <laughs> blogger told me. <laughs> yeah. um, hashtag uh, Twitter's unite. Well, uh, oh, at Milton Point. Thank you for uh, you know. I'm having too listen. much fun with you guys. You would have seen it coming. Uh, how how else um uh, how else um uh, would Dennis Lindsay or Dennis Lindsay freak? Uh, Quinn Snyder know about the narrative that's on Twitter right now? Um, uh, if you didn't have a burner, um, it's probably it's probably at Lennis Claza. Um, so. Um, yeah, uh, told me. <laughs> so I'm a Hey, you sure. want to hear my random fact? One yeah. of my old coworkers is dating Lennis Clay's dad. No way. That's yeah, he's like a yeah, they live on a horse farm in Kentucky. Well, I, gotta, I, I want you, I want you to tell your Clayza friend so I can find the, his account. Be, be like, "Hey, I'm a, yeah. does, does Lennis want to come on and talk about Quinn Snyder on a jazz podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll wait till we'll wait. We'll wait for him. Uh, we'll wait for Quinn to find a new job. We'll wait to we, see. We'll wait that to see. would be your. That would be instantaneously your most talented. Oh my god! Podcast. Yeah, like like. Oh my goodness, that would be insane. <laughs> that would be well, awesome. like like a fast uh, fast I would forward. it on every machine right. I have. That's for that's for sure. Fast forward five months from now, I'd be like, all right, cool. Now that Quinn's uh, coaching the Lakers, um, uh, Lettuce Clay's as our guest today. Lettuce, um, uh, sit down with us and. You know, let's Hitting see. the High Notes presents <laughs> the Mizzou Files. Seven-part <laughs> <laughs> series. That, dude, that would be uh, insane. Just keep digging up dirt. And that's oh, how we do it. it. All right, folks. I, that's it. it. We'll catch you guys next time. Oh, there's no, there's no better way to end than that. Yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> you want to talk about a teaser that will bring the people back? Oh, yeah. Oh, that oh. Is, yeah All right, guys, I'm going to go to bed. This is too much fun. <laughs>